0: Welcome to the Electric Spirit Podcast, where we dive into all things metaphysical and fun. Here's your host, psychic medium, Jamie Lynn. Today, we welcome back to the show, Tina Irwin. And Tina is a ghost helper who has studied metaphysics all her life. Tina is the author of eight books, including a three-part series entitled Ghost Stories from the Ghost's Point of View and Karma and Frequency. Tina's mission is to teach the living how to help the dead. Tina is a ghost magnet and helps the dead to cross over. Tina has served 20 years in the United States Navy, working for the U.S. Submarine Force and retiring at the commander level. You can find Tina's books at Amazon.com and at the following websites, TinaIrwin.com and GhostHelpers.com. And welcome back to the show, Tina. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here. Oh, I loved having you here the first time. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. And today we'll talk about Psychic Kids. That sounds awesome. This is great. My first question is,
1: what is your experience with Psychic Kids? I... I believe we are all psychic and, and it starts out when we're children. I start, I can start with myself. I didn't know, and this is true for all psychic children. You don't know that your parents can't see or hear or understand what you can see and hear and understand. Mm -hmm. And I could see things, you know, it wasn't, wasn't some tremendous magical ability, Mm -hmm. It was enough that I remember what I could see and do. I remember my mythic, my quote, imaginary friend, Sarah. I remember her to this day in the house we lived in. And she was a ghost child, but my mother thought she was an imaginary friend. But when we moved, Sarah didn't come with us. So she wasn't imaginary. She was real to me. Oh, wow. And that makes a difference. My mother didn't accuse me of lying. She did what a lot of parents do who are well intentioned and don't know how to differentiate what a child is telling you, and that's a uh-huh. very difficult thing. Yeah. And so she just she simply didn't understand. Um, when I was ten, my Siamese died. She was hit by a car. Oh, I could wow. see her ghost for weeks and weeks and weeks. She was heartbroken that she died. She was my best friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my mother said, "There, there, you're just grieving your kitty." Yeah. I, I was grieving my kitty, and I could see her ghost. It didn't last mm-hmm. for a very long time, but it it opens the door. And then I had a terrible illness when I was about seven, and my parents only had one car, so I was left alone in the house because they all thought I was sound asleep. But I woke up to this being in my in my room. And, and many, many years later, I still remember in enormous detail what he looked like oh, and wow. terrifying doesn't begin to cut it. And I remember being in the corner of a room and screaming and my mother coming in going, my God, what happened? What happened? I said, don't you see it? Don't you see it? He's right there. He's going to get me.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And she didn't, she felt very badly that she'd left me alone Mm -hmm. and thought that I was just, it was just part of having a cold or something. Right. But you you don't have all these years later remembering it that clearly. Right. Exactly. So he was, seemed mean. He he did seem mean. Okay. And, and my own children, I was so aware of a lot of these things that they began when they started having some of the experiences I was having them at the same time. Uh huh. It is very, very accurately described in the first story in Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View, Volume One, which we were going to talk about later. Yes, I have that book. It's very good, listeners. <laughs> they need to order it. <laughs> uh, book three is, book two has just some wonderful stories. Mm-hmm. Book three actually talks a great deal about the things that happened to me personally. Okay. As I was starting the process, and some of the stories are so astounding that I, e- even though I lived through them, they're a little unnerving to me to this very day. So oh, that's wow. in book three. But getting back to psychic children, I noticed that my children could see things and mm-hmm. their ability metamorphosized. And I think that this is true for a huge number of us as we grow older that psychic sense shifts into something that is more usable for us on a day-to-day basis, unless Mm -hmm. you have a pretty staggering level of ability. Uh, One of my kids, um, I have three children. We had, I had, I had two, we adopted a teenager at 17. Oh, wow. And he has the ability of telepathy. My oldest son has the ability to sense what's wrong with the car he's a mechanic so that's a really good oh cool that's a great skill and my daughter uses her sense in a way that enables her to hear what's not being said in a conversation and know how to respond to it almost like she's reading Mm -hmm. their mind but not quite
0: my mom can do that yeah that's interesting
1: so it, it's really helpful mm-hmm. in business when you're working with a client and you want to have an understanding of what they might be really intending but they're not saying it out loud. Yeah. So that's what it I funny. mean by that. And then what I began to see is what was happening with my granddaughters. Okay. And my grandson, uh-huh. Watching how early can psychic ability manifest and it can yeah. start with a newborn. That's how oh early. Oh my goodness. It can start. It can that doesn't surprise
0: me. Wow. That's amazing. I believe that. Yeah.
1: And if you, and children are really sensitive. I mean, let's look at this from this point of view. Mm -hmm. We know that you have, you can sense, you can see and hear and taste and smell and all those senses. Right. No one questions that, but we have this sixth sense because it's what keeps us alive. It's what enables us to drive a car. Right. Exactly. And if you help a child at an early age in a in a gentle indirect way deal with what's happening to them, uh-huh. then you enable a, an adult to really use this ability in a responsible way. And that's really see. where we're going to go with this conversation. Oh yeah. You what I mean? Sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is great. And what are some like characteristics of psychic children?
1: They point let's say let's take a child who can't doesn't have the ability to tell you what he sees okay right and I will use um my ear itches I use the example of my grandson Uh he's 20 months but when he was about um was 11 months old and I get this call from my son and his his wife they live a mile away Mm -hmm. And he says, there is something wrong with Jack. I can't begin to tell you. He is screaming. We've never heard this scream before. Like he's in pain, but there's nothing wrong and we can't see it. Right. Can you you take a look and see what you see? Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, my son and his wife have a nine-year-old at the time and a Uh one-year-old. Okay. So the nine-year-old goes to school and she comes home and Mm -hmm. her psychic ability Basically stopped at a pretty early age. She doesn't see the things. Okay, so she comes home has no idea she brought a little girl ghost with her, who's oh. about seven years old. Wow! Oh. And she thought my granddaughter looked adorable, so she came home with her. She thought she might be, you know, a nice friend. Uh huh. But <laughs> you know, Zoe didn't respond very well, and she wasn't yeah. responding to this little girl when the little girl was talking to her, and. Because she was just frustrated. She started to stick Jack with pins. Oh, no. And then she made scary faces and and terrified him. And it would be easy to get mad at this little girl ghost. Mm -hmm. But I said, sweetie, you realize that only Jack can see you. No one else can see you. She said, why is that? You know, when I go back to my mommy, she's always crying why is mommy always crying? Why doesn't mommy talk to me? I'm so sorry, sweetheart. What was the last thing you remember? I was swinging and swinging and swinging. I said, okay. And did you let go and pretend you were a bird? Yes, Mm. I did. And then the next thing you remember, mommy is crying. I said, sweetheart, you died. Never left that swing. And Mm -hmm. I brought in a child angel and I crossed her over. Oh didn't take but a few minutes. Yeah. And it's like Jack stopped crying. Oh wow. Okay. Someone
0: turned a switch. Oh my goodness. That's amazing.
1: It it, well, it's nice to have your psychic on speed dial.
0: Well, yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and so (laughs) but but Jack's ability isn't getting less, it's it's growing. Okay, and so I have heavily functioned his room. Oh, uh, nice! Because uh, as we're talking about, you know, the characteristics of a psychic child, there eventually we can may perhaps get to what can you do to calm the energy in a room that a psychic child has and protect mm-hmm. them in the sleep state because I think that's among the most
0: yeah use the
1: word vulnerable times, but it can be a vulnerable time.
0: Sure. Of course, a
1: psychic child can see things in the fourth dimension. Mm
0: -hmm. They can
1: see they can see ghosts. Sometimes they see things that are not ghosts and they are. They are these dark things, you know, Harry Potter kinds of things like wraiths that are scary.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Or a black magician who's who is, you know, trying to make you afraid.
0: Right. It reminds me of uh, that Disney movie from there in New Orleans. And there was a evil (laughs) guy that showed up. I can't remember who he was. He was like a voodoo guy. (laughs) That's what I'm picturing. Okay.
1: And and I bet you the voodoo guy had painted, painted his face. Yes, he did. I had another situation with another granddaughter uh, in Colorado and I, you know, really, really good kid. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, for some reason, she wouldn't walk up the stairs. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, her parents are there with them. They've done everything they were supposed to do. They did all the feng shui, they do spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. They're super responsible parents. She wouldn't walk up the stairs. So my daughter in law called me and she said, Could you please just look and tell me what you think? Yeah. Well, it was the weirdest thing because that's in book two, actually. Uh huh. Oh, wow. She they had a house in aurora colorado okay and in aurora colorado in the whole denver area wagon trains crossed the country right thousands and thousands and thousands of wagon trains and the native tribes that lived in all of these different areas Uh saw this onslaught of people coming and they did what any of us would do they wanted to defend their land right (laughs) In this situation, there was a tribe that was practicing Mm -hmm. raids on a wagon train. They're just, you know, sort of jousting it out with, you know, spears and horseback. And they had hideously Mm -hmm. painted faces to create a scary feeling.
0: Oh, (laughs) my.
1: (laughs) And that's what she could see. Okay. She saw this slice of time Mm -hmm. because where their house was situated, In another stack of time, she could see that brave doing his practice runs. Okay, I see. I couldn't cross him over because he wasn't dead in that stack of time. He was still living, so I can't change. I can't. It's like a residual thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Okay. I can't change what happened. Yeah. What I can do is shift shift time ever so slightly mm-hmm. because native americans didn't set up apartment buildings they moved right they were semi-nomadic yeah. exactly they didn't stay in the cold you know they went south for the winter
0: oh yeah that's true so
1: in this case all i could do was i asked for some assistance on shifted mm-hmm. time I as see. If I did that, she no longer saw his face, and so she could go up and down the stairs. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so here's an example of a child who's seeing an active stack of time. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to Einstein all all time is happening at the same time. So we are right. o- we are occupying the same space and the same time as people who lived before us. I see, and we're yeah. separated by time. But not by distance. We're in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're in that stack. And for some reason, the energy of that stack broke through to modern times.
0: I see. Is that like quantum physics? Would you say it is? It
1: is like quantum physics. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's it. It is. I can go into string theory. To understand psychic ability, you almost have to understand string theory on a certain level. Okay. Yeah. Almost. Sometimes psychic children can see inside a body.
0: Yes, I've heard that. I have a medium that was on the show, Michelle Rothberg, and she could do that. She could see inside the body as a kid.
1: Mm -hmm. When you're a little kid, you don't know what it is exactly that you're seeing. For instance, Mm -hmm. when I look inside somebody's body and I see these dark patches, somebody has cancer in a certain section. Uh Or you see something that's really inflamed or you see their lungs and you can see I have known one psychic child who could see that her teacher was going to have an illness the next day and the next, the rest of the week, she would be out. Wow. She asked her teacher, she said, you know, you're going to be ill and it's going to be your lungs and you're going to be really sick. So who's going to be in, who's going to be our substitute while you're gone? Oh my goodness. Completely freaked the teacher out. So the mother not realizing that her daughter could do those things. Right. Got called in by the teacher. Ugh, I'm sure. <laughs> and she had to gently explain it. And by morning, this woman was just sick as a devil. So, oh gosh. And they had to bring in a substitute. So here you have a child, and I think she was six. Yeah. So the challenge for the parent is you have a six-year-old who is a medical intuitive because that's the correct name everyone's mm-hmm. using right now. Right. Exactly. And so what do you do with such an ability or you have a child who can see a ghost well she doesn't know how to cross the ghost over Mm -hmm. or you have children who see they don't see good ghosts just ordinary people Mm -hmm. you see hideously evil people right over and over Mm -hmm. and this i have a story in book two about the twins
0: oh i'll have to We'll have to have you back,
1: um, <laughs> unless you want to tell it today. <laughs> uh, but this woman, uh, she was in Charleston, South Carolina, because God knows mm-hmm. everything in Charleston is haunted. Yeah, right. And sure. uh, her children were four-year-olds. Okay, and they—they they were super psychic four-year-olds, really smart kids, and they're seeing stuff all the time. And when the mother called me, mm-hmm. she was at desperation point. And wow. it cause, when you have a child with psychic ability, it causes a lot of emotional strain between parents. Mm-hmm. One parent said, This has got to stop. We got to put this kid on drugs. Mm. Who wants to put four year old twins on drugs?
0: Yeah, right. They that seems want- like it would mask it. I didn't mean to interrupt. Mask the ability or just, you know, push it down or sweep it under the rug, right?
1: You're it just, might basically you're what? punishing the child for what they can do. It's like okay. if you punish a child who has 2010 vision, you wouldn't because you wouldn't. Yeah. I see. But you're punishing a child for this because they and then the parent thinks the child's trying just to get attention mm-hmm. or the child's trying to be evil. Right. None of that is true. Mm-hmm. And by giving the mother the tools to handle her children. She became independent because my job is to work myself out of a job. So she doesn't need me anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Right. She is the person in charge. And I would like to offer a caveat here, which is I I feel very strongly about this. If you have a psychic child, please do not hand that child over to any psychic, not even me. Okay. That's because... Ultimately the parent is responsible for the child. Right. And you don't, and a lot of psychics will say, I'll talk to the child, but I don't want the parent in the room. Mm. That's a red flag moment. Yes. The problem is you don't know if the child's going to say, you know, you are a, a child of the blue ray or you're a child of the violet ray or you, you know, a real mm-hmm. Atlantean. Four-year-old just doesn't care. They just want <laughs> right. the scary man to go away. Mm-hmm. the better option is to teach your children that what they can see and do is normal for them. And that these are the tools you can use to deal with every event that they have. Okay. And I'll uh, see what else can children do. Some children are able to speak to animals. They are animal right. intuitive. Intuitive. Mm-hmm. And there are some children who uh, have Embarrassed people who who believe that they are animal intuitives, and the child mm-hmm. can truly hear the animal. I can do it sometimes, but I don't do it all the time.
0: Yeah, it's just right. if
1: something. If I, I really needed, okay, but for the yeah. most part, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This child was a hundred percent of the time. She could hear all the animals wherever she was. Mm-hmm. So this family decided to have a birthday party at an animal shelter. Oh, wow. And the mother decided her daughter just couldn't handle that. So she couldn't go. You can see how this Mm -hmm. could get really complicated. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) These children don't know politically correct. Yeah. They don't know if they say that scary black man is coming at me. They don't know that you can't say that. Sure. Exactly. Um, They don't know that. Oh, there's a scary man, and he's got all these faces. Or why is that woman holding a knife? Hmm. You blurt this out, or you know why does that woman have all these people hanging around her, and she's alone standing there? Maybe she's at a podium. Yeah. So again, offering even a four-year-old, you've got Mm -hmm. you've got a kid with super psychic ability, and they're four or five or six. It is not too early to start sitting them down and explaining, here are the rules that come with what you can see and do. Mm-hmm. Right. There was, there was another woman with a child who could remote view at seven.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: She could remote view in real time and she could remote view anywhere across the country. It didn't matter where you were, which is, is the facet hmm. of remote viewing, which does go back to string theory, by the way. Right. And she could see inside an animal's body in a vet's office 3,000 miles away and accurately tell the vet what the dog, what was wrong with the dog. Oh, my goodness. So if you have that that ability and you're the mother, Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to guide your child into perhaps being a vet or working with a vet. So you use the ability for a really good purpose Mm -hmm. there are some medical intuitives who do work with with um mds they do work with physicians okay and i'm seeing i'm seeing this more and more because they are bringing something additional to the table right it 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 is so you've got a child who can remote view a child who sees ghosts a child who sees demons Mm -hmm. horrible horrible things uh, a right. Child who hears things, but is she's clear audience, but she can't see anything. Mm-hmm. A child who, um, some children can smell something. I mean, yeah. Some children yeah. have the ability to see into the future, and that is very very dicey.
0: Yeah, right. I'm sure. Because what do they
1: do with it? Right. What do they do with it? And then you have children who come in with a natural ability to heal. Mm-hmm. And again, you can exhaust a soul by demanding they heal this. It is, yeah for a person who can do healing, uh, it is exhausting. It can be- Right, entirely. I'm sure. So that right. child's ability can manifest in so many different ways.
0: I see.
1: Would you say that psychic kids are-
0: non conformists and how do they compare to their peers? What I mean by that is maybe in school they might have trouble. Maybe the teacher might have trouble with them because maybe they're not following a certain you know the way everything's supposed to be because they're psychic. It's maybe hard for them to stay inside the lines or whatever <laughs> like they do at school. You know, it's a regular school or at least not a Montessori, but just uh Oh, I think wait. that's
1: a possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: One of the hardest things that happens, though, is this I've seen a lot. Uh-huh. A super psychic child gets a lot of input at night and they're tired during the day. Oh, that's true. They have trouble right. waking up, which means mm-hmm. they have trouble going to school, which yeah. means they fall asleep in class. Which mm-hmm. means The teacher isn't going to understand that. Or they're right. so tired they cannot get out of bed, so they miss school. Mm-hmm. That happens. Uh, I've known several people that happened with their children. I see. And the answer there is a logical answer to that, and that uh-huh. is how you raise the frequency of your entire home. But okay. Back to how do they? How do they adjust with a normal society? Right. That's what I kind of mean. Huge, yeah. huge issue. Uh huh. And that's where very wise parenting comes in. Okay. Because your child still has to operate in the day-to-day world. The world isn't working for them. That's right. Exactly. And sometimes you have children with this ability, and they are so smart, they think circles around the teacher.
0: Right. That's what I mean. I guess that's what I mean by the question, because... (coughs) Sometimes these kids are different than the other kids, right? You know, they don't. Maybe they don't want to follow the rules, or maybe their their souls so evolved that it's just different. I guess
1: sometimes yeah. they are naive.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: They see the world as black and white, mm-hmm. and it is a challenging job for a parent. Yeah. To guide any child, whether they're psychic or not, into mm-hmm. the realities of the world.
0: Right, exactly. Yet some
1: people are going to be sick. Some people are going to die. There's yeah. cruelty in the world. And yeah. learning how to manage that balance, Uh huh. It, it 100% goes back to the parent.
0: Yeah, okay. Now,
1: the parent would be normal to feel inadequate. I can't see or do what you can see or do. Yeah, right. All right, does not matter. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter at all. You still have a responsibility to demand and research everything you can to help your child right exactly. but if your child is screaming at night because they're seeing all these night terrors, yeah you're you're exhausted too because you're not getting any sleep. It's a horrible vicious cycle mm-hmm.
0: or even what about kids they can You know, like I'm clear sentient. I've always known what people kind of feel about me. So, you know, you might have these emotions that kind of, you know, maybe, oh, that kid doesn't like me. Or I tended to hide, keep it inside. I didn't want people to know anything. I kept everything under the radar. Uh, Luckily, I was able to do that. But some kids aren't, you know, they might get a feeling, well, that person doesn't like me or that teacher doesn't like me. And maybe they don't understand those feelings, you know.
1: And again, it comes back to helping the parent okay. to guide the child. Okay. So mm-hmm. you go to your mom and you say, I think the teacher doesn't like me. Right. Um, I went through that a lot. Mm-hmm. Teacher really hated me. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're so
0: nice. <laughs> um, I didn't handle
1: stupidity. Well, I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, um, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> uh, I, had the, I had the same problem with my daughter, um, okay. so I kind of, yeah, I, I kind of had to temper that. Um, yeah, and you have a lot of kids who are really, really smart, and they think circles around their friends. Right, they, they can sense what's going on. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't care how psychic you are. You have to play the politics of the situation, mm-hmm. which is what you did. Yeah, you I did that you realized that you had to hold back on what you could see and sense. Right. Because, And this is one of the challenges of psychic ability. Mm-hmm. You could sense that this teacher, you thought she didn't like you. That's how she interpreted it. Right. But you may have made her uncomfortable for a reason. You may have had no sure true understanding of. Okay. Or you reminded her of someone Mm -hmm. that made her uncomfortable for a certain, in a certain way. I see. And I've seen situations where you meet someone and you had a terrible past life together. (laughs) Right. Neither of you know what that past life was, but you know, wasn't good. No, it wasn't. It, it, it didn't do well. She wasn't very
0: nice to me. I'll, I'll just tell everybody. I mean, I went, I was like really shy and nice. And I went to the board and she wanted me to do a math problem. And, you know, this is in the probably maybe the early 80s by this time. But, you know, I didn't know an answer. And she, you know, grabbed my face in front of the whole class and I did nothing. I was like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, we probably did have a bad past life together. She's long gone now. So I can kind of put it out there. But, you know, to go through something that's traumatic. It is
1: traumatic. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, except my son, he never had any of those issues.
0: (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I certainly did. And my daughter
1: did. Mm -hmm. And I think several other kids do. We aren't ever always going to get along with everybody. It's just no it happens. right it's when a when a teacher manhandles you. I had a teacher mm-hmm. in fifth grade tell me that no one should play with it. no one should play with a child like me who had handwriting this bad. Right. Uh, okay. What did you want me to do with that? I. It is <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um, and if you are the parent and you can intervene and advise the teacher, mm-hmm. that what they did was humiliating. Yeah. You know, right. you can intervene a little bit.
0: Right, exactly. But it's just, you kind of wonder, maybe something did happen between her and I in a past life because I was so nice and I hardly talked. So there was some energy between us probably. I don't know what. That happens to
1: all of us too. Yeah, she
0: picked up on. Yeah. 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 So what is the parent's role when they're working with their psychic child?
1: When you... Have a psychic child, and you become aware Mm -hmm. of it as early as you can, and you choose to pay attention. We've had repeated problems with my grandson. Uh It's like he is some sort of a psychic magnet.
0: Oh wow! Still
1: trying to figure that out, and we, I heavily feng shuied his bedroom, Mm -hmm. and. You know, we worked to raise the frequency of the house. I mean, their house was fine, yeah, but he sometimes psychic children are very visibly bright. I mean, they have a shine, there are field beams mm-hmm. and it's visible on the other realms, and sometimes you have ghosts who are curious sometimes you have other beings who are just really curious mm-hmm. and they want to have access to that light. I see. And especially a child who's not abused, a child who was loved and mm-hmm. wanted and is happy. Oh, okay. And then, which is, which certainly be true for, you know, all four of my grandchildren, mm-hmm. they are emitting this light. And even if you have a child who's not psychic, yeah. that may happen. And the, the, okay. first thing, the first thing I would recommend are the unobtrusive things that you can do mm-hmm. to help to help your, your child. Okay, so my uh, second granddaughter is six, and she feels like there's something in her room. There's something in her room. Mm-hmm. And um, they took a lamp, and they put a green light bulb in it. And oh, wow. A green light bulb. I hope everyone writes this stuff down because it makes a huge difference. Okay. And H- Home Depot and Lowe's sells these things called party lights. Oh, yeah. Walmart, too,
0: I think. <laughs> yeah. Any place you buy light bulbs. I have some pink ones. I don't know if that no, makes a difference. To,
1: it has to be green. It has to be green. Okay. You use blue during the day and okay. is green at night. I see. So getting back to green light bulbs. Right. The frequency of the green ray. Okay. And that freak, that light frequency is abhorrent to dark beings. Okay. It makes a huge difference. Some people will put like a, you know, the old fashioned Christmas balls, Christmas bulbs that, that you, people used to put on trees before they had other tiny lights. Yes. Those little ones that you put in a night light. Mm-hmm. I know The green ones, you can put them in a closet. Okay. You can put them so that it sits under a bed. Mm-hmm. And children stop having night terrors. It's like the oh. most magical thing. Okay. Also, the crossing over prayer. um, Sometimes, yeah. if they think something's going on, you can say the crossing over prayer. Repeatedly. Okay. And that will make whoever is there go away. hmm. You can also do something that's going to sound really unusual. You can put a little bowl of salt under their okay. bed. Okay. Oh, good
0: idea. Salt, sure.
1: Sodium chloride, salt, works in every dimension. It can be Epsom salts. It can be table salt, Himalayan salt, sea salt, any of them. Okay. you put that under the bed, that helps. You can put Mozart on low. You don't mm. even have to hear it. But the music of Mozart rockets frequency. And when you're dealing with the other side, the higher the frequency, the harder it is for you, for them to break through that frequency.
0: Okay. I see.
1: Um, and I, when I worked for the Navy, I was a terrorist expert. Oh, Wow. And I designed equipment that protected submarines from terrorist attack. And they sent me to terrorist school and I learned all these things I certainly didn't want to know. But one of the things I did was I was given free reign to think outside the box Mm -hmm. by my bosses who I had, I greatly respected. And I talked to Southland Corporation and I asked them, you know, do you have any non lethal ways that you stop? negative things happening at your stores cuz 7-11s mm-hmm. it seems like they're always being robbed. Yes. And he said funny that I talked to one of their security people. He said funny you should ask. We started playing elevator music and piped it in outside where the gas islands are. And you know right outside before you walk through the door, mm-hmm. our crime dropped something like 70-80%. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: So if somebody wow. if somebody's playing low frequency music, Something that's very monotone. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a, if you really want to understand frequency, I have a book out Karma and Frequency. And it's a yeah. good book. Mm-hmm. There's another book by a man named David Hawkins. Because okay. It's important for anyone listening to realize I'm always studying, and, and there's some wonderful authors out there as well. Yeah. David Hawkins wrote a book called Power versus Force. Okay. So it talks about music as frequency, light as frequency. I talk mm-hmm. about that in, in my books as well, but I, I like people to have more than, you know, one option when they're studying this. Sure. So, music, essential oils, you put mm-hmm. essential oils and you can make a blend of frankincense and myrrh and lavender and maybe some mm-hmm. sweet orange oil and put that on your children's feet when they get out of the bathtub. Okay. eight represent your foundation in life. Even in the sleep state, you can, put a little bit of frankincense on the child's solar plexus right below your breastbone. Mm -hmm. Protects them from connecting to anything dark in the sleep state. Okay. I had uh, someone talk about the fact that they were super psychic as a child and they were freezing every night Mm -hmm. they went to bed, no matter how dark, how hot it was outside. Oh, wow. Your parents never believed them. Child was terrified to be in the room Mm -hmm. the entire time he grew up. Yeah, and only later did his parents realize that the basement they had him sleeping in was terribly haunted.
0: Oh my goodness! They felt
1: they felt so sorry they put him through that. Your children aren't lying to you. Don't put them on drugs. Me, right, exactly. And so
0: they say everyone's psychic. I do believe that, and and you said that, of course, and and but the psychic kids always say they feel something different than their peers. Uh, Why is this? And how are they able to experience paranormal things stronger than their peers?
1: Let's say you have a peer who was punished. And I've had a lot of clients tell me they were punished. Okay. Children for revealing that they had psychic ability. Mm -hmm. And if that child sees a child who's just chattering about it, it make it could make them feel bad. Can make. I mean, you also see this in families. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a family of say three or four children, and the middle child is super psychic or the youngest, and they're getting all this attention. The older two children, you're going to have a problem. Forget school. You're going to have a problem inside the family, right? So again, it comes back to the parents being on the same page mm-hmm. and teaching the children. So you have a super psychic child the child still has to make their bed and brush their teeth and set the table. They're still a normal mm-hmm. child. Yes, you can do this, but you know, maybe your sister is a music prodigy or your, mm-hmm. your brother is great at math or whatever. Right. That you have to balance ev- what everybody's done and find something special about your other children as well. Mm-hmm. And as parents don't fight over your psychic child and don't put them on drugs, start working right. with the child. And understand, hmm. excuse me, how to help them.
0: Right, exactly. And then, what advice would you give a parent who has a psychic child, and how should they integrate the child's abilities
1: into the family unit? That is, would take a very long time to actually talk about because, first of all, you have to accept that your child has this unusual skill set. Mm -hmm. Don't call it a gift because believe me, if you could give it back, you would. Right. And a lot of children just want to be normal and they deny it and they fight it. And there's a lot of struggle there. Mm -hmm. If you say, okay, so you're psychic. You see dead people. Here's a crossing over prayer. think you see a dead person. Punch this, you know, play it on your phone. It's an Mm audio book, the crossing over prayer book. Just play it on your phone and then... The parent says, okay, is the ghost gone? And they have a little hand signal. Mm-hmm. You make it fun and you make the parents part of the answer. Okay. Part of the problem is parents feel separate. Right. Teach your That's children insane. to pray at night. I don't care what your okay. faith is. I don't care yeah. if you are to church. It's irrelevant. Right. You can make up your prayer. There are a lot of prayer books out there. I wrote one and it's got prayers for children in it. Yeah. Pray to heal the world. Prayers mm-hmm. for nature, prayers for bees. Uh-huh. If you, I saw that. If you start connecting your child through the power of prayer, mm-hmm. connection to God, you can shut down dark things. Yeah. And have that child have a permanent spiritual connection that goes beyond what orthodoxy is. Mm-hmm. It's the purity and maybe the child remembers the heaven world. Some children, yeah, because they remember the heaven world, pretty close to it, right? From children, five and re- absolutely five
0: and under, I mean, yeah,
1: yes. There are mm-hmm. some children who remember the heaven world and are miserable here. They're miserable from the time they come in, and they don't like being here because they talk right. about what they used to be.
0: Especially Sometimes
1: now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right. yeah, I was getting before yeah. Velcro, so there you go. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and microwaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean the world we came into was a lot different than the world these kids are coming into kind of post 9-11, I would kind of say. It's it's been strange. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a lot of discussion about this is a time of great spiritual awakening. And mm-hmm. what could their part be in it? And yeah. helping them understand, yes, you have this ability. It's not a gift. Don't let someone tell you you are gifted. Right. You can't give it back. It lives within you. Mm-hmm. And explaining, And you, it, there's another rule when it comes to psychic children. Uh-huh. There is a lot of karma attached to the abilities that you have. Okay. You were, you were very careful with with your abilities. Yes. You were, you were very careful. You were really responsible. hmm And you were sensitive, and so you used your ability in this careful way, so you can kind of tiptoe until you can get to the place where you can be open about it. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. That time will
1: come. Okay. So it's the awkwardness happens because the parents think it's awkward. Mm -hmm. Right. And if the parents go, okay, I have a music prodigy. What would I do? Um, I'm going to find people that I can surround myself to can help me know how to help this child. I see. And it's not doing tarot cards and Ouija boards. No. (laughs) It is. It's looking at, again, connect your child to the divine. Okay. And that's what this this mother did with her twin boys. I see. Because her pastor told she and her husband her her boys were evil and they were possessed by the devil. And the father was so horrified at this that he, he he doubted his faith. And I I offered because I, I talked to both of them. I said, "It isn't that you doubt your faith. You you have a crisis of confidence in your religious leader. Mm-hmm. Please don't right. stop having faith and connect to the divine." And the father yeah. got in on the act. He put the he had the crossing over prayer. He would they had it memorized. Oh wow! And the children would say they would give their dad a sign these twins and the dad would go with a thumbs up. Okay. Got it. He would do the prayer and then he'd check with the twins and they'd go, okay, we're good. Uh-huh. So They developed this beautiful teamwork, both parents. This is the teamwork. Yeah. They didn't fight Anymore. The kids stayed in their own bed. They used the green lights. They used the salt. They use, I mean, there's more you can do with salt, but that's, yeah. To start.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and they use the music. They used they use essential oils. It's Occam's razor. The simplest solution is the best. Yeah. We had this amazing partnership. Will the twins grow out of the ability? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But for those years, they have it. Mm-hmm. They right. and their parents don't fight anymore. Nobody's on drugs. They don't feel like yes. these children are possessed by the devil. And <laughs> they, there is a peacefulness in this family.
0: Oh, that's good. Nice. I like that. And how can parents and even some teachers help to embrace this psychic child's
1: abilities? Again, if you're a teacher mm-hmm. who has observed a child being very psychic, I mean, and if you're the teacher, you know, you can sense what's going on. Like, you know, yeah. what was going on with my crew or. You know, if you have people who are in front of you and you're working with them, you know, if something's off with them, Mm -hmm. if you can sense that, then you need to develop a unique rapport with that child. Now, if you've got 40 kids in your classroom, probably never going to happen. Right. But if you have a smaller (laughs) classroom, then don't deny what the child can do. Mm -hmm. Tell the child you understand And that asks the child, what does he or she need? Mm -hmm. How can you help them? That just tell me what you need. How can I help you? Causes the child to relax and not feel so different. Mm -hmm. Right. How
0: can we as adults create a safe place for the psychic child? The safe place can
1: be created by example. Okay. I would say, if a parent could think of a time that they had a especially for dads, a gut feeling
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I had a gut feeling about X, yeah or I you know, I felt like if I was gonna go do this, maybe I shouldn't, and you know tell your child that you know I had a I had this strong feeling I shouldn't do this, yeah, that was me embracing mm-hmm. acknowledging. I had a psychic ability moment. Right. And I respect that you have them too. Mm -hmm. And it's, I believe that looking around in your own life, I don't know how you can live a a normal, ordinary life to any age and not have had a psychic moment. (laughs) Right. How can you be a parent and not have a sense about what's going on with your child?
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And a lot of, parents never consider themselves psychic let's look let's look this a different way okay until they have a child and then they can sense when the diaper's wet they can sense when a child's hungry Mm -hmm. they can sense when they're thirsty they can sense when something's off Mm -hmm. doctors who listen to those mothers do a better job at helping those mothers right doctors routinely deny a mother's psychic sense of course so here that's a classic example. It's mm-hmm. like when um when my daughter was born, they told me she had meningitis, and she was dying mm. and the voice in my head said that's just simply not true mm-hmm. and i demanded I demanded a staff pediatrician and I got her out of the Navy Hospital to neonatal mm-hmm. intensive care in Charleston, and she had a collapsed lung. She didn't have mm. any symptoms of meningitis. Oh, I see so i I use my intuition. Mm-hmm. And my authority in an apricot negligee as a naval officer to demand they get her out. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's cool. So, again, we all have it. Stop mm-hmm. denying it and embrace it. Start sharing your experiences with your child. so They begin to make it a norm. What yeah. if we made this a norm and not an exception?
0: Right. Exactly. That's true. And uh, we, were, we kind of talked about psychic kids in school, but I just want to talk about it a little bit more. What types of learning environments do you recommend for psychic kids like Montessori or
1: the, the traditional school or what do you think? I, I have, mm-hmm. I'm a very big fan of Montessori. Yeah. Some people like the Waldorf school. Okay. Yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different views on a Waldorf school. Mm-hmm. The, the, the problem is we we have to be able to function in the crazy society we're in so the yeah. balance between montessori and maybe a few years in something like a waldorf school but it's expensive mm-hmm. if you don't have that kind of of cash flow yeah. and you put your child in ordinary kindergarten then yeah do as much as you can to read to your child it's one of the biggest things provide Maybe you don't have a lot of money for toys, but you can take walks. You mm-hmm. can provide experiences. Yeah. And you can have discussions or mm-hmm. you can go to the library. Right. It stimulates a psychic child needs that intellectual stimulation. Yes. And if you have older children, have your older children read to the child.
0: It's In- involve
1: the family. And if an older child feels jealous, say, well, let's talk about it. Didn't you have this Mm -hmm. ability? Didn't you do this? Let's talk about it. Right. Making it okay to talk about. We're not weird. We're not crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, that makes a family begin to have a very good day-to-day rhythm. Right. And And the other thing I suggest parents do is keep a logbook of what your child can do when you discovered it and what Mm -hmm. events and what abilities do you see manifesting because you can go along and a child can only be able to do this a little bit or this little bit and then one day oh my gosh they can do something amazing and they don't understand it and so you have to be careful how much you explain there's a spiritual law called the children's rule Mm -hmm. You cannot explain or demand something of a child beyond their um, chronological age. Okay. You're making a child responsible for something that an adult would be responsible for. I see. So you have, they're still four years old. They're still 10 years old. They're still 15. You have to make how you explain something age appropriate. Which is why I don't work with someone's children. This is my grandchildren. But even mm-hmm. then, I yeah. think for my, you know, my daughter-in-law or my son are present. I'm fortunate to have daughters-in-law who are very tapped in. Oh, good. Uh, they really, really are. They're lovely women.
0: Oh, that's good. I mean, I'm so lucky. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And where can people find resources for psychic kids?
1: That's really hard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I would say it's extremely difficult. I would recommend uh obviously any of my books uh, offer a, quite a bit of a view mm-hmm. and help you understand your journey and okay. I, I again I recommend David Hawkins's book. Okay. I also recommend that they stay away from violent video games, violent movies that there's no violence. In the home, no screaming, no yelling, Mm -hmm. a peaceful environment. That's true for any child, psychic ability or not. Right, child in emotional balance.
0: Sure, definitely. And what services do you offer psychic kids or families?
1: I offer parents. If you would like someone to work with to get you set up and work through Mm -hmm. what your child is experiencing and how you, as a parent, if you, especially if you have a spouse. Right. And help this child on a, on a mundane, ordinary day to day basis. Okay. how to deal with what comes up.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. And as far as resources, maybe could they go to like kid yoga or um, maybe do like a sound healing or sound bowl or singing bowl thing. And maybe the parent could take them to, or. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. Sure. That
1: is a really great idea. Sitting okay. bowls are super mm-hmm. cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I, learning I have, that now.
1: I have I'm learning six, that. Mm-hmm. I have three of varying sound quality of notes. Yeah. And children adore those things. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to be in nature. Yes. Sometimes yeah. people do well with pets. Mm-hmm. I think that um, kid yoga or kid meditation. You're furthering the child's ability. That's a really great idea.
0: Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, I think nature is good too, to get them in nature.
1: Would you like to add anything else about psychic kids? Love your psychic child for the personality they are, not for the ability that they have.
0: I see, right. And
1: they still have to function in an ordinary world. Mm-hmm. So make a living, pay taxes, fall yeah. in love. Exactly. Keep them anchored in the ordinary world. You do them a greater Mm -hmm. service and then teach them how to use their psychic ability for the greater good. Right. And they will end up with really, really awesome kids. Okay. Okay, That's great. Well, I think people
0: just need to be become aware, even the parents and teachers, that sometimes these kids, maybe noises might be too much for them or uh, they could be overstimulated. I've had clients tell me, and I've experienced this myself, clients that are psychic, they're like, it's hard for me to date because people don't understand me. And I, I feel like that looking back at my life when I dated, I feel like, you know, these guys had no clue that I'm psychic and I'm overly sensitive, <laughs> you know, I'm not nuts. I'm just uh, really overly sensitive. <laughs> so I think people need to be aware that kids, they might experience sensory things a lot stronger than their counterparts. that's what
1: point. Yeah. Again, that's why no yelling. Right, that's true. The music is really, really calming. Okay, that's good. You know, staying music. away from caffeine. Um, okay. Especially violent video games where... Okay, junk food. Junk yeah. food cut down, mm-hmm. cut way, way back on the sugar, as much mm-hmm. time in nature as possible. Right. The video games, yeah, that's and some of the stuff
0: on TV is can be very violent.
1: I mean, we know? never had violence at this level. No, we didn't. Even I would say even 20 years ago, but the gratuitous right. violence is so... Horrendous. Very
0: violent. Yeah, very violent. Even the lyrics and the music are just odd. <laughs> just to put it mildly there, it doesn't quite make sense to me. You know, it's My grandparents, they were from, you know, they grew up in the 20s. They were born in the 20s. And I remember driving in the car with them and listening to Glenn Miller and Benny Goodman and hearing the music they... Loved, and it's like now we're listening to like the stuff that's not as soothing as that music was. And I'm thinking, how did we get here? <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't make sense. But, it doesn't make sense. One right. of the
1: things that could be helpful in high school uh-huh. to have children fit in is if they happen to have music ability, uh huh, band. Oh, yeah, sure. Band or orchestra, because a lot of times a psychic child is not a sports person. No, they're not. And if you have a sensitive person, they are not, they are going to feel like an outsider. Mm -hmm. But if you have children in band, even if you're not first chair at something. Right. The experience of boys and girls seeing each other as equals and part of a team of, of feeling the music of going places, of being part of a group, of being part of the whole sports scene, Mm -hmm. but not having your brains knocked out on the field. (laughs) Right. You know, or your back broken or something. Yeah, that's true. And I had all three kids were in band. Okay. That's great. they picked their instruments. I had two, you know, two French horns and a trumpet. Oh, wow. Neat. Those band experiences molded and shaped them, and they talk about it with so much joy. Yes. Because there's not the same level of dog-eat-dog dog competition. You know, you can't be here right. because you're not good enough. Yeah. When you're a teenager and you have fragile feelings or you're a really sensitive teenager, Yeah, but you want to be included, band, chorus, mm-hmm. some so the choir, of those... Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, choir, choir and church gives mm-hmm. you a chance to be part of... An organization where other people are sensitive to. Mm
0: You know what helped me was acting. really felt that I could gravitate toward acting or or, or painting. I I still paint just to get things out.
1: Excellent point. Yeah. Which is that any creative endeavor, for instance, they talked about Paul McCartney was interviewed. And as a Uh child, all he wanted to do was write music. Wow. What 10-year-old wants to write music? And he (laughs) didn't feel like he fit in. So somebody introduces him to John Lennon and and John Lennon said, what's your hobby? And Paul says, I write music. And he said, I write lyrics. Maybe there's something there. Wow. Amazing. Music can be symphony. It can be like a small group. Yeah. Gives you confidence. And sometimes a psychic child is so sensitive that they need the activity of a group. Mm -hmm. Whether it's uh, in acting is great. Yeah. I mean, you may not be the actor. You could be the, you know, the stage crew. Yeah,
0: that's right. Or do the set or whatever. Right. And you're with other people
1: who are sensitive. Mm -hmm. Right. And that gets you in and you feel because that sense of happiness keeps your frequency high. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of suicide in teenage years because, you know, how many teenagers can say they're happy? Their hormones are raging. Right. They're trying to figure out who they are. What's their mm-hmm. place in the world? Right. But if you can help them find a place with music or acting, mm-hmm. I think that's an option. Or you have yeah. class or some of the super brainiacs really love chess, the chess club. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Or the explorers club because they're outside.
0: Uh-huh. Right. That's great. You have a book's uh, ghost stories from the ghost point of view. Uh, It has three volumes, and it's available via your website and on Amazon. Can you talk about some of the stories, such as maybe maybe the haunted house on Botany Bay Boulevard, uh, or the wagon train, or the intruder? I don't know if those are any that you'd like to discuss. Or hey, I'm
1: glad to discuss them because the house on Botany Bay was really what. Carmen never wastes the energy of an experience. Okay. And the house on Botany Bay is the story of our, our almost seven years and living in Charleston, South Carolina. And, you know, we looked at a lot of houses when we were stationed in Italy, we came back to, to Charleston Mm -hmm. and we looked at a lot of houses and I knew when I walked through the door, they were haunted. We walked through the door of this house, 18 months old. I'm figuring it's a new house. Yeah. We're good. I didn't sense anything we're good yeah Troy goes to uh navigator school I'm in the house alone before the household goods arrive, and I hear footsteps it's a house that has sort of a loft
0: oh wow
1: it's not really an attic and I can hear these footsteps walking above my head heavy thudded footsteps like this guy had big heavy boots right and it's terrifying and I'm thinking, I'm sure he's gonna come downstairs. Is he gonna come at me? Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do? And he would pound on the wall, and you could hear plaster fall.
0: Oh my goodness! I
1: mean, you could hear it. Yeah. And, you know, our son could hear it, and he'd look at me and say, "Mommy, that's Jake," because I was pregnant when we moved in. Mm-hmm. So James, James was born there. Yeah. He would. uh, We had a Halloween party. And we also, I had a pair of Siamese cats and my sister That's was living with us at the time. Yeah. And so we finished up with the party, we cleaned up and we're sitting on the bed, you know, chatting about the event, Right. And we hear someone doing dishes in the kitchen. It was unmistakable. Oh my dishes goodness. Dishes clattering, pots and pans. Wow. And, and the Siamese went, Poof, they popped up. <laughs> they were so terrified. <laughs> And my sister and I looked at the cats, and of course, we're immediately terrified.
0: Yeah, usually that cats can tell when there's a oh, ghost. Yeah. Cats,
1: <laughs> cats don't know, you know. Yeah. They can tell you there's a ghost there. And the cats, eyes got giant. They looked like blue marbles. Oh, man. Was thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And we, kept, I mean, it got louder and louder. So I called the police. And my sister called her boyfriend. We did tell the police her boyfriend uh-huh. was also arriving at the same time. I see. I barely made it to the front door and and I'm thinking, I don't want to run into something. I don't want to run it. Please don't let there be a person here. So we talked to the Mm -hmm. the police officers and they went around the whole house and someone was trying to break into the back.
0: Oh, gosh. They
1: they found scratch marks, Mm -hmm. but because the police were called and all of a sudden all the lights came on because we heard someone doing dishes, scared them away. Oh, I see. Oh, interesting. Wow. We named this ghost Jake. Jake was a thief. Jake stole uh, my son's, you know, little tiny boy tennis shoes, my wallet, <laughs> one diamond from one earring. You know, you put your earrings in your yeah. solution to wash them. <laughs> yeah. Wake up in the morning and there's only one there. Where did oh, it go? Boy. My husband lost three contact lenses. <laughs> I lost gold jewelry and we never found it.
0: Oh, I, wow. was, I
1: was so disturbed by this that I I I just couldn't believe it. And and my husband Mm -hmm. kind of believed me. He started to believe me when we heard the pounding. And one night I'm in bed. And I mean, we know we have this ghost, and it's like, okay, we don't know what to do about it. Yeah. I didn't know how to cross over a ghost. You know, it's right back then 1979. (laughs) I don't know how to do all this stuff. Right. Wow. So I'm I'm we're sound asleep. It's the middle of the night, and I feel a man get in bed with me.
0: Oh my goodness. That is
1: not my husband. Ugh. I can feel his body lay next to mine. I'm thinking, how is this happening? I'm on the edge of the bed. But I can feel him lay down next to me and I realize it's the ghost.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: This was so terrifying. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't mm. scream. I couldn't speak. I felt as if my entire sensory system went into frozen overload, frozen from the point of view that I have this scream about to burst from my throat, but I'm frozen. I can't scream.
0: Oh, my.
1: And I can feel him there. And and my husband's inches from me. He's right next to me. Okay. What am I going to do? And then... Jake decides to take his icy fingers and hold my hand. Oh, my goodness. That sounds very benign, but you're holding hands with a ghost and you can feel his bony fingers. Oh, and it's so oh. icy cold. So hideously cold. Mm-hmm. I thought, is this a prelude to something very, very bad? OK, OK. Can a ghost do something very, very bad to a living person? And the answer is yes, they can. And I didn't want to find that out. I didn't know enough to ask for angels. I didn't know enough to ask for spiritual police. I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And finally he left, got out of bed. And I I didn't sleep the rest of the night because all I could think of is he's standing in the room watching us. He's watching us sleep. He's watching me when I'm in the shower. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I, I bucked up my courage and I asked my neighbor. Because, you know, you know, I'm a naval officer, huh? for God's sake. I didn't, yeah. you know, I'm a lieutenant. I don't want somebody to think I'm crazy, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I I was talking to my neighbor and I said, have you ever had any psychic phenomenon happen? She said, oh my God, my house is so haunted. Oh. Well, how haunted is your house? She said this ghost steals from us. He steals my jewelry. He's, and she went through this list of what was stolen in our house. How? And I said, well, do you think any place else is haunted? I mean, anybody at the other houses? And she said, I'm going to the garden club. I'll ask. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay. So <laughs> I, we get back together for coffee a couple of days later. And she says, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. It's Like, oh yes, I will. Tell me, tell me. And so <laughs> she says to me, the guy across the street from us thinks his house was built over what was an old stable. He hears horses clomping all night long. Oh, wow. And I said, well, okay, this was the old Archdale Plantation that was built in the 1600s. Uh, and and it, there was an earthquake in the 1800s. And when you mm-hmm. have a fault line, you have ghost activity. I and see. I said, well, anybody else having problems? She said every single person there had a ghostly encounter with this. Mm. We all think it's roughly the same person. In one of the Mm. houses, this woman would come downstairs and her rocking chair would be moved in front of a blank wall. Hmm. There was probably a window there at another time. Okay. There is just rocking and rocking and she just,
0: oh wow.
1: Terrified. Another woman had a two story house and she would come down and this happened so many nights, mm-hmm. come down the next morning and all of her living room furniture was rearranged over, oh my goodness! over, they moved, they couldn't take it in. Oh, wow. Um, we had a situation where I went out to start uh, my car. I had a, I had a Datsun 810 station wagon. Mm hmm. So I'm supposed to go to work, and I I start the I go to start the car, and the car won't start. I mean, it's just it's hmm. like oh my god, I have to get to work. So I drove my husband's 240Z, and I get in the car, and I yeah. At the end of the day, I called a tow truck, and I towed the car to my mechanic in Somerville. Mechanic is a really good guy. He opens up the the hood, and he goes, and he starts the car. It starts right up. <laughs> Said, well, he said, somebody's really looking out for you because while mm. the car started right up, if you had driven at any distance, you would have totaled this car because this and this and this is wrong with it. Oh, my goodness. Because I need to keep it at least three days to repair all these things. Mm. So did Jake save me? Mm, yes. Yeah. Was he looking out for us? Uh, one night, um, we're all sitting in the den and we hear someone race down the hall. And we are all sitting there and and we, we stopped and we said, You heard that, right? You heard that. You you heard that too. You heard that. And and my husband being the engineering mind and naval officer decided that he would record that hallway. We oh. had eight hours of videotape and nothing was on it. <laughs> it was very frustrated.
0: Isn't that the way it always
1: goes? <laughs> when we sold the house. Our real estate agent <laughs> would never spend more. She would, you know, we had an open house over, uh-huh. over in the right. state Heat. Yeah. And she would never, she would sit outside in the heat rather than stay in the house.
0: Oh, boy. And then
1: after we moved, the state of South Carolina passed a law that said you had to reveal if your house was haunted.
0: mm So obviously,
1: somebody believes in ghosts.
0: Yes, of course. (laughs) Wow,
1: You have time for another story?
0: Yeah, I do. And I I just have a question because I have a friend of mine and myself that have experienced ghosts taking our things in the past. Where do they put these things when they take them?
1: I asked that question. How can you dematerialize?
0: An object. A manner. Right, like this rock, this amethyst stone, right? That I had in my hand. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah how do you dematerialize physical objects? My neighbor got her jewelry back, but I never got a single thing back. Mm. Not I didn't get anything back. Wow. We moved, we took the house apart, we were meticulous, we cleaned everything, we looked, we never found anything. Huh. I went to the Duke University School of Parapsychology and asked them how do I get how do I deal with this ghost? They right. Said, oh, we just study ghosts. We don't have a clue. I'm thinking, huh. gotta be kidding me. There has to be an answer. And this wow. ghost launched my quest to understand how to deal with the dead. <laughs> Interesting. What year was that again? You might have We, told were, there from 70, we were there from 75 to eight, seventy-nine 79 to 85. Really okay
0: often. so during that time that's when you started doing the crossing over prayer and no alpha- no, no, oh, no, I no no i didn't that was... i
1: didn't write the crossing over prayer till 2012
0: oh, okay that's right okay but I this started to, something
1: it started yeah. this desire and i started studying i mean, okay i studied everything i could get my hands on but nothing told you how to cross over the dead okay okay but then how can this be so hard and yeah i had a Eventually, I had a a pretty significant experience that showed me how to do it. And yeah. that, that took place in um, 1993. And once I could see what the process, it was shown to me. That's the only way right. I describe it. Yeah. I could see this person leave their body. And all of a sudden, I can remote view. I mean, just that fast. You can see them leave their body. Yeah. You can see all these things. and. And, uh, in that moment, my brother was with me and he said, we should cross this guy over. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said, all right, let's cross him over. I could see this. It's like this big rock moved, in this golden crescent of light. Oh, wow. It began to pour out. And Mm -hmm. I brought in some angels and helped this very, very evil man cross over. Right. And he said, why would you help me? I tried to do terrible things to you. Mm-hmm. And my answer was, you are not mine to judge. Right. But if I cross you over, then you won't be operating in the fourth dimension doing really bad things. So <laughs> that's another exactly. reason to cross over are murderers and everybody else.
0: Right. So, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I was going to ask or just add to the where where we think our things may be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These ghosts. I'm wondering. Because I was listening to something on portals the uh, just yesterday and vortexes. And so I'm wondering, maybe it's in a, a portal that they come in and out of these ghosts. Who knows, right? Maybe they could
1: put it in a portal and do another dimension possibly. I think or... that's entirely possible. I think that's a very, very mm-hmm. viable explanation. It's the best yeah. explanation I've ever heard. And I, I would okay. absolutely agree with that. Because
0: I've really been getting a lot of kind of messages about portals and vortexes. And, and if you think about it, the wizard, the story of the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy was actually probably in a portal. She got whipped away by a tornado, but she was basically in, in a portal, a fictional portal. And then she ends up in Oz. So it's thinking of it in that way. Okay. I have this here and then I'm taking it to Oz. You know, <laughs> I have the, this hairbrush that I stole from Jamie, you know, and now I'm taking it to a, another dimension. You almost wonder.
1: Well, let's look at this. Let's look at this another way. We, okay. we, we know the reason that 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 theory is very sound, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion, Okay. Is because if you have an earthquake fault, mm-hmm. it opens a portal. OK, and that took me years and years and years of study to understand that piece. Yeah. But I, I never that. made the connection with the, the theft of objects and if you have a fault line and you have unstable ground and that was right near the Ashley River and see. they had an earthquake it was such a terrible earthquake it destroyed the entire plantation oh my and you know it was a plantation 171800 so not yeah. only did you have the dead of the plantation owners you would have had the slaves the foremen the indentured servants mm. you would have had this entire cast of characters Mm -hmm. who could be who could be there and since that that very very likely was a portal which is why when i you know when we moved into the house i didn't sense anything
0: because it
1: wasn't there
0: right so he probably came in and out of a portal that's interesting I, I, they also said on this podcast, you know, who was on this podcast, this, um, this is actually a YouTube channel. I was watching um, James Van Prague and this other psychic, Kelly White, I think her name is. And he, James Van Praeg, uh the medium, he also said that waterfalls are portals. I never kind of put that together, but I thought that was interesting.
1: Well, they can be. Fascinating. Yeah. They, they can be. Waterfalls uh-huh. are so positive. Yeah, they are. They create. It would be a very, if it's a, if there's a portal or it's a, it's a type of vortex, Mm -hmm. not like a tornado or a hurricane, Mm -hmm. but it's so positive. Yeah. That's where you see a lot of nature spirits. You'll see them around um, waterfalls. If you're ever going to see a nature spirit, you have a highest likelihood when you're looking at the base of a waterfall with that mist. Oh, when right. You close your eyes. You'll be able to see them. Oh, cool.
0: I love that. Yeah. And um, are there any other
1: stories that stand out to you, Tina? I have so many of them. <laughs> um, I was in a Flagstaff on a cold uh-huh. and snowy night. Ooh! And uh, I was with my brothers because we'd make this trip with mm-hmm. the siblings once a year. And yeah, we'd go to Monument Valley and... Flagstaff area. We have a really good time but the night we went was in December and it was snowing. Mm-hmm. It started snowing so bad that we didn't think that I had a, a 5 Series BMW. We didn't think that that Grace could handle that so we pulled off and got into a hotel. We had a lovely dinner and we're walking through this magical night of the snow. We're walking back to the hotel and it's like somebody hit me with a brick in my chest and I couldn't breathe. Jeez. <laughs> And I started coughing and coughing and coughing and choking. And I thought I was going to choke to death. And so my Mm -hmm. brothers rushed me back to the room and Mm -hmm. I started remote viewing the environs of the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I meet these two little girls and they, they would have been beautiful. But these girls were on the wagon train and they said, you can't be here. Them engines are coming. You've got to get out. They're going to kill you. You have to warn people. They're coming. And I I got her, she and her sister, to back up and start telling me what had happened to them. Mm -hmm. And her, here is a child who's about seven years old. Her sister was nine. And they show me that they were on the wagon train. It's like someone rewinds the scene and I Mm -hmm. can see the wagon train coming and she was psychic. And she said, I told daddy, I told him and I told him and I told him that there was something coming Mm -hmm. that they were going to attack us, but he didn't believe me. Like, yeah, well, sucks to be Mm. right now. huh?" (laughs) So
0: So all of a sudden
1: they, the Indians attacked them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did the whole, you know, wagon circle, the wagons. And she showed me how each of them died. Oh, my goodness. And how terrifying it was for her sister. And they each had these gingham dresses and they were each scalped. Oh, wow. After they died. And (laughs) I see them at the moment of death and sometimes after. And it was it was very it's very, very unnerving to see that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I brought in angels, you know, because there were Native American people who died and settlers mm-hmm. who died. So you yeah. bring in angels. Everybody was angry. So you you need to heal that anger of that mm-hmm. moment. But this yeah. girl didn't want to leave. I think her name was Anna May. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anna May didn't want to leave because she said, who will warn the other settlers? I can't cross over because I have to warn people. And I said, yeah. you know, "I'll take care of that for you. It's okay now." She said, "Are you sure? I don't want this to happen to anybody else." And I said, "Sweetie, it's okay. I've got this." And she crossed over, and wow, her parents were in shock that they died, and it was it was very very unnerving for them.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure.
1: So um, that was a it was a it was a really it was a It was a very sad situation for her, yeah, but she didn't care about herself, she only cared about others as Aww. a child, when you think about the nobility of that yeah it it does something in inside of you that you get to know that
0: oh sure, that's very sweet. I like that story. It seems scary at first, but it seemed like it was a happy ending.
1: <laughs> well, all my endings yeah. are happy, but they're really, really, some of them are are kind of tough as you, yeah, as you sure. along. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you probably have time for one more. Yeah, I do. I had a, this is in book two, it's, mm-hmm. called, it's called Pirates. And in this mm-hmm. story, um, My sister had been to the Outer Banks, and
0: yeah, it's nice there.
1: Back, Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's beautiful. And she came back, and she felt weird, and she's got weirder and weirder, and then she started to cry, and she Mm. said, "There's somebody with me. Fix it." (laughs) Oh, okay, I'll get busy. Mm -hmm. And and as I'm looking around, what I see are these huge ships fighting each other in this raging storm. Oh my goodness! And you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of you know looking out like a drone shot, and the next thing I know, I'm on the deck of of the of the British galleon, and this woman is in a green velvet homespun, not you know simple mm-hmm. dress wool. Yeah, got this flaming red hair, and she says, "You've got to help us, you know. You know the the, the ship's gonna we're gonna sink and." <laughs> You know, the pirates are after us and so they keep firing and the captain lowered his sails and then everybody uh-huh. starts talking to me all at once. And you know, we we've got to help the captain because we gotta get to shore so we can start our life in the new world. And <laughs> and I said, so you're you're all settlers. And she said, yes. And you know, we wanna know what the, you know, what this new amazing world is like that everyone's talking about. Like they come to the new world and they don't go back unless you're Sir Walter Raleigh or some of the ship captains who need people because they don't ever really tell you what it's like. Right. And, (laughs) and so she's going on and on and then the crew starts talking and, and I stopped, I have the ability to stop the action. Okay. I I send a shockwave through the motion and I stop Uh the action. I see. And I can see the pirate ship captain. I can see the the crashing of the waves. I mean, there's so much activity mm-hmm. in this particular remote view. And and she's this woman is telling me how terrified they are. And she's well now that you're here, we can, you know, make to shore and you know get off now that we're saved. And I said, Well, you're you're saved, but not like you think. And then I start bringing in, you know, teams of angels, and and this woman had this huge, massive gash, and she's bleeding, and she's, and it's pouring oh. rain, and she's bleeding and bleeding, and and then I take a look at the captain, and he's not recognizable, and all this activity is really affecting my sister, so that's why she said, "Fix this." I see. It wasn't just one woman; it was an entire pirate ship. Of ghosts and a, a Spanish galleon, a, an English galleon, and I mm-hmm. s- asked the captain. I said, "Why didn't the Admiralty send you with a, you know, some corvettes or some fast frigates?" And he said, "They, they didn't." I said, "You don't ply the waters off the Carolinas alone. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to end up with all these people dead." He said, "They are already dead." He said, "They just don't know it." He said, "Why do you know that they're dead?" but they don't know it. And he said, because they died in the middle of the action. And I I watched the ship go down and I picked up a piece of wood, but they were all dead. And I died alone (laughs) in the sea, in the sun when the storm was over. And of course my view of him is his body is just super bloated and his skin is cracked and it's, (laughs) horrible his stomach is churning a horrible horrible death and so i'm you know opening up the the light bridge to the heaven world and getting Mm -hmm. all these people to start feeling better and finally i said captain you know it's it's time to go and he said i can't i i all these people died on my Mm -hmm. watch i i deserve to go to hell because i couldn't save them and i said what Mm -hmm. choice did you have you were alone if you left the sail up and it snapped the mast, then you'd be mm-hmm. screwed. So you brought yeah. the sails down and then you were vulnerable. You can't mm-hmm. maneuver. And he said, but I, I I, didn't save my crew, the women and the children. I watched all of them die. Do you know what that does to me? I watched them die. I mm-hmm. deserve to go to hell. And I said, and as I'm about to say something else, the crew members speak up and they said, no, you mm-hmm. did Everything you could to save us, Captain. You were the best mm-hmm. captain. And I thought this guy mm-hmm. was gonna—he couldn't because his face was so cracked. Start sobbing mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. wanted so badly to be a good captain, a good naval officer. Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. was so sad. And as I I crossed him over, he just looked dejected. And I and I asked mm-hmm. that they give him special healing and, and yeah. advice on the other side so he can understand he really did the best he could and his death sure. was long and agonizing oh boy i can no imagine more. right and that goodness you, know, you see somebody as their in their moment of death it's it is a little bit tough i'm sure as soon yeah. as all that was done my sister was fine oh, that's <laughs> good <She's> like, <laughs> thank goodness oh, you, did, you did good work <laughs> that's good and uh you have visited
0: many places what's been the most haunted or active area that you've visited in the
1: world uh, I I would have to say I It's I mean I've been all over the world I've been to 27 countries Wow but I still feel like the east coast of the United States is among the most haunted
0: Yes because you have
1: is. Native Americans who were Invaded basically. Mm-hmm. You have settlers who died some some of them horrible deaths. You have slaves. You have indentured mm-hmm. servants. You have Revolutionary War and Civil War and War of eighteen twelve and just life. And you don't see that same type of haunting on the West Coast or the no, definitely country. not. Right? Um, you see it. You see you see different things. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. all over England, and I. Actually, have a device that I wear. Otherwise, I'm. It's like I'm inundated. I wear this device oh. in hospitals. hospitals. Okay. It, it, oh. it basically cocoons my auric field, and I think most psychics have a really hard time. And you know, hospitals. Or, yes, uh, I do. Some of those places. I don't like
0: them. That's why I wanted to be a nurse, and I just couldn't do it. That's probably one of the reasons.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I it's... they come at me like flies, mm-hmm. and and so I set up. I'll tell you the trick that I use. Okay. And any psychic can use this. And this was given mm-hmm. to me. It's using sacred geometry. Okay. You visualize. Let me see if I can grab this real quick. Yeah. I have a visual. Sometimes that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see this.
0: Yes, I can. This is very a beautiful.
1: Okay. Yeah, I have a set of platonic solids, and this is a tetrahedron. Mm-hmm. It's three sides and a base, mm-hmm. and it's crystal, and it's really strong. It's one of the strongest shapes in the the spiritual world. Oh. Visualize yourself inside of it. Okay. It's protective. That's one method. The I other like method that. is you create a triangle. With angels, you put a, a, an archangel in front of you. It's like your your bow, mm-hmm. and then on either shoulder you've got an archangel, and you yeah. direct these angels to handle every single soul who comes at you. I see. Send them to cross them over immediately. My brother was in a hospital in, in Henderson, Nevada, for for four days. Mm. And I had to be there with him every day. And I, I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I, I said some prayers and said, I got to have some help here, guys. Mm-hmm. And um, that was what was given, and it was astonishingly successful. So any psychic who has problems with graveyards or um, <clears throat> hospitals or clinics mm-hmm. or uh, if battlefields are another place, a lot of those people have no idea that they're dead. So you mm-hmm. put yourself. You know, you create this triangle, angel in the front, angel on either shoulder, direct them to cross over any soul who comes at you. Okay. Right now. Yeah. And that will protect you on some serious levels. Okay. Keep running that visual in your head. It just gets stronger and stronger, or it's really mm-hmm. difficult to be a psychic in a crowd. Yes. Hey, okay, you go to a, a concert. Disneyland. game. <laughs> and you've got a lot of humanity the interaction Mm -hmm. and bumping into all those auric fields for a psychic is torture right you're exhausted you're exhausted when you get home Mm -hmm. so you can visualize that platonic solid that crystal tetrahedrons or you can ask the angels to protect you and cross over because people can't ghost with them i have no idea the movie beautiful mind um where the scientists had these three Mm -hmm. ghosts for him. Yes. All he would have had to do is cross them over and that he wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have thought it was crazy. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it (laughs) it would have to be so hard, but it was a good movie. It was a good movie. But my point is that Mm. we have technology, spiritual technology that can make these things be easier for all of us.
0: Right, exactly. I just wanted to mention while you were telling that story and I really appreciate it. My lamp blinked twice on two different occasions. So I think somebody, a good spirit's here enjoying this podcast.
1: <laughs> I, I'm i hoping so because, it, I mean, we've certainly covered a great deal of ground. Yeah,
0: we did. This was great. And, um, and then I, I guess we'll just wrap it up here. I certainly appreciate you being here today, Tina, and I'm glad you came back. And can you tell the listeners maybe about your services and how you assist people? I know we talked about that in the first episode, but I don't know if you just want to give just a Reader's Digest version of it and where they can find you once again. They can
1: find yeah. me at tinairwin.com, Irwin with an E, mm-hmm. and ghosthelpers.com. Send me an email, tell me what you need. Okay. um, I do charge for my services because it's taken me a very long time to get to this point. Right. And um, I will find out what it is that you need. Is it a ghost? Is it something you can do yourself using the crossing over prayer? Mm -hmm. I mean, is it something evil? Do you have a psychic child and you really want to be able to parent that child and have a Mm -hmm. different level of wisdom and dealing with them? Do you have a spiritual problem? You feel like something's wrong. You could be haunted from a past life. You
0: mm-hmm. could have
1: had uh, something happen to you as a child. And that memory is haunting you. You can be haunted by a living person. You can be haunted by a childhood memory. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be haunted if you bought a piece of antique jewelry or an antique. Yeah. And That's from that- true. <laughs> and so you know, you notice that something happened, but you can't figure out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, It's sort of like being a spiritual detective to determine what's happening to you and what can we do to resolve it. Mm -hmm.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to share? Any future plans or upcoming things you have going on? Or
1: Um, I'm redoing all of my books on a lot of levels, and um, I'm always happy to do podcasts. And I'm always working on new books. And the the one I'm working on now, I'm sixty-seven thousand words words into it. Wow! And but I have quite a ways to go before it's finished. So I'm not going to actually say what that is, but when I do, I will let you know. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Certainly talk about it a little bit. Um, I have a grief book. the lightworkers guide to healing grief, because there's so many kinds of grief. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I cannot recommend the crossing over prayer enough. It's an audible book. So if you Mm -hmm. feel a little awkward saying a prayer, just push play. Yeah, if you don't want to buy a book, the prayers are on video on both of the websites. Just click those.
0: It's an amazing book. It's very thick, and there's so many prayers in there. I have it in my office. It's very helpful.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Yes, of course. I I want to buy all your books (laughs) eventually. I have two so far.
1: (laughs) Well, get more. The goal with the Crossing Over Prayer Book is if some your neighbors commit suicide, what prayer do you send?
0: Yeah, that's true. Someone's
1: child dies. What can mm-hmm. you say? What prayers can you send? Or
0: a pet passes away, right? Exactly. There's a prayer for that. When you
1: have yeah. unlimited, when you have unconditional love from a pet, mm-hmm. it just makes a huge difference in that loss, is right? So or even
0: veterinarians that have to deal with that, putting an animal down, or technicians that work in the office, they could say that because I know that's hard for them.
1: You know, well, it is. Mm-hmm. There's actually a shortage of vets in this country right now, right. Uh, being a vet is is just hard these days. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you being here, Tina. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Electric Spirit Podcast with your host, psychic medium, Jamie Lynn. Find us on Instagram at Electric Spirit Podcast. Be sure to join us next time. Recharging your energy, recharging your magic, recharging your spirit. Until then, ciao.